Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. I don't care what your goals for the year are, but no matter what they are, I would suggest that you find a way to make sure that there's margin. Well, what is margin? Margin is, is, is what's left over. It's, 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 the, um, it's, 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 it's what's left over. It's the space between your, your, your current load and your limits. Margin is the space between your current load and your limits. It, it, it's what's left over after, after you've spent everything. It's what's left over in your bank account after you've paid the necessities, after you've taken care of your necessities. It's the energy left over after you've done what you had to do for the day. It's the time left over after you're done with work and extracurricular activities. It's margin. And, and, and I would like to suggest this to you, that many of us here in this culture, in this country, we are either at our limit or stretched out beyond it. This is why uh, uh, there, 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 there's never been a time more than now where they've offered antidepressants. There's never been a time in the history of this country where they've offered as many antidepressants. It's a big market. And why are we depressed and stressed out? Because we are stretched to the end of our limits or there beyond. And we have not put margin in our lives, and I'm desperate for this group, this, this group of people right here to just get that and live a life with margin. Just because there's space on the calendar doesn't mean we have to fill it. Because a lot of times we fill it with stuff that doesn't benefit us anyway. It takes away from us. And as you all remember, some of you may remember last year uh, as we did our series on the best life ever, we did a quick section on margin, and, and as promised, I was going to do a complete series on margin, and we are going to take our time and deal with that uh, for these next few weeks or so. And I pray, I really pray that you really, really get this. Let us pray. Eternal God and gracious God and worthy and wonderful God, we thank you for this, this opportunity, God, to come before your people God, I thank you for this, 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 this license that you've given me to be your representative today. I pray, God, in these next few moments that the voice that everyone hears is not my own, but it's yours. These are your words. This is your word, Father God. And, and I pray that the image that they see is not mine, but yours, because I represent you, Father God. And I want to look and be just like you in these next few moments, Father God. I pray that these words bypass the ears and land safely upon the heart and soul of the people, Father God, so that life change really does happen today. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What is margin? It's the space between your current load and your limit. We all have both. What I mean, we all have limits. We all have loads. Our limits uh, are those things that we really 
can't do much about. For instance, we are, some of our limits would be time. None of us can get 25 hours in a day. If you can, tell me how you do it. None of us get more time than any. We're limited by the amount of time we have in a day, 24 hours. That's it. We're limited by the amount of time we have in a year, 365 days. We don't get 366. I know y'all talk about the leap year. No matter at the end, it's 365, period. That's it. Leap year, all of that stuff don't, doesn't really count today. Unless you're born on it, then I give you a pass. If you were born on February 29th, how old would you be today? I don't know. We will give you a pass on that. Other limits, skills. We are limited on our skills. For instance, there are certain things that some of us are gifted to do that some of us can't do, even if we took a course. For instance, all of us in here will agree that we can't sing. I don't care if you went to music class. I don't care if you took vocal lessons. Some of you are just, you know, you don't have it. You're tone deaf. I'm, I'm, listen, don't laugh because it could be you. Some of us can't sing a lick. We can go to the, the top singer coaches or whatever and, and sit with them and they could teach us a note and teach us melody and teach us pitch. But if we're tone deaf, we will never get it. That's a skill that some of us are limited to, right? Let's be honest. Energy. We all have limits on our energy. At some point, you will burn out if you don't rest. We are limited in our energy. We, we, we're, we're limited in our finances. No, 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 no. The richest man in the world is worth some op billions of dollars, right? That's his worth. He's limited to that amount. He can increase it or decrease it, but he's limited to that. In other words, if he said, I want to buy the world and the world is worth $1.7 billion and he only has $1.5, he's limited to that $1.5. He can't get what he wants. He has limits. We all are limited to something. We're limited in physical strength. I'm not nearly as strong as, as, as Rod. You know, he, he works out. I don't work out. I'm not nearly as, uh, I don't nearly have the endurance as G-Money. You know, I told him today, my, he said, man, how many? He bought me a jump rope for Christmas with the weights on the end, and I'm really pumped up. He says, man, how many repetitions? are you getting? I says, well, I just set a goal to do 100. He says, man, 100? You can do 130 seconds. I looked at Greg. I says, maybe him, but not me. I'm, I'm not there yet. I will be there. I, I will bypass his own goal. That's my goal, to, to show him out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm limited right now because I'm not in that type of shape. Emotional strength. We are limited to how much emotion we can withstand before we break down and have to go start taking antidepressants. We are limited to, on, on certain things. We're, we're limited in our education. What's the highest degree you can get? doctorate. That's it. Beyond that, you can keep going to school and get another doctorate, but you can't get like above that doctorate. A doctorate's a doctor. You don't go any higher. We're limited in our education. We are limited. And what happens is we have loads. What are some of our loads? Our obligations, uh, work, uh, debt, bills, uh, relationships could be considered loads. Uh, expectations are certainly loads because if you don't meet your expectations, like in setting your goals, it becomes a, a load. And what happens is we live a marginless life when our limits or when our loads exceed our limit. And in that, what happens is the stress, relationships fail, you end up in debt way over your head. You can't think clearly. Your judgment is off. 
And, 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 and today we're going to talk a little bit about what we can do to, to, to kind of gain some margin. Over these next few weeks, I'm going to talk about four key areas, and I may spend two weeks just on one because it's that important. Okay, the four key areas that we'll talk about, and according to Dr. Richard Swenson, which, which is where the influence for this series comes from, he's an incredible writer. He wrote a book called Margin, and, and it's, this is the talk of the, of the town. The book was written several years ago, but I'm hearing pastors upon pastors upon pastors now preaching this because they're seeing their flock burn out, pastors are burning out, there's moral failure, there's death that's happening. It's all type of craziness. And so they were talking about margin. So if you get a chance, read this book by Dr. Richard Swenson. It's called Margin. And he talks about four key areas, which we'll talk about as well. Emotional energy, physical energy, time, and finances. These are four key areas that we must have margin in to be healthy. I'm going to argue and say the most important one is the one we'll start with today, and that's emotional energy. As I said to you before, um, uh, if you were here, we need to have, in order to have a healthy emotional lifestyle, we have to keep our emotional tank full. Now, as you know, with any tank, no matter what tank it is, if it's a fish tank, a gas tank, or whatever, there's things that drain it. Could be, you know, sometimes you could just let a tank sit there. If you notice your fish tank, if it, if it sits there, it recycles, it recycles, and all of a sudden you get that algae line because it drained. Well, what did it drain? It didn't, it didn't go down the drain. What happened? It some vaporized a little bit, right? That's natural. It drains everything. Something's pulling from you. And so even with emotional energy, there are things that drain us. There are people that drain us. And what we need to do is have more things that are filling our emotional tank than those things that are draining our emotional tank. Sometimes, I mean, you have to kill certain relationships with people. That means sometimes you got to kill certain responsibilities at your job. And I know that's tough. It's like, I don't want to lose my gig. This is all I got. But the thing is, the reason the pressure's on you to do more at your job is because the pressure's on your boss to do more at their job, and the pressure's on their boss to do more at their job, but the CEO is just sitting happy because he got you all working for him. We'll talk about that another time. The thing is, you have to cut back somehow, some way. And a lot of times, we just take on the responsibility at our jobs. They put some on your desk, and we say, well, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to upset the man, so I'll take it. When the reality is like, hey, this is a little bit much. And for what you're putting in me to do overtime, we can hire somebody part-time and share the load. You know, sometimes we don't speak up when we could. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Here's what margin does. Margin, when we have margin in our lives, it decreases our stress levels. Uh, if, uh, our focus, uh, when we have margin, it decreases the focus. So when we have margin, we are more focused is what I'm saying. Um, Without margin, relationships suffer, but when we have margin, there's op- that's where relationships happen, in the margin. That's the time we breathe. We can fellowship. We can hang out. I can be in your business. You can be in mine. When our load exceeds our limits, we are often overloaded, and what happens is we become walking time bombs, literally walking time bombs. And when our emotional tank is just empty or just at that, and, you know, and just pretend that you're a car and you have the indicator light that says you need fuel. That's where a lot of us are walking at, treading at daily. 
where we need fuel and we're walking time bombs and all it takes is just that one thing to jam us up and we cannot recover from it. Just one thing. Somebody cut you off and, you know, you let that go by. It's like, oh, you cut me off. It's all good. But then they shoot you the finger. Oh, no, you didn't. I'm going to follow you down. No, you didn't. I'm going to chase you down. Or, or, or you're fighting for a parking spot. You know, you had a great day. You, all is good. You're about to go shopping, and you, you, you're about to do something nice. You're about to buy something for somebody, and all of a sudden, bam, you know, somebody takes your parking spot. It's like, you knew I was looking at that parking spot. Boom, boom, boom. Like this lady, the, the, the administrator that, that up in North Cartersville. No margin in her life. So she's just going to run the teenager, if you haven't seen the news, you know, the teenager standing there holding the spot for her pregnant friend, right? A parking spot. It's a parking spot, y'all. There are a bunch way in the back that's always empty. Always empty. There are tons. You, you can park sideways in the back because ain't nobody back there but you. You know what I'm saying? You can park on the line. And this young lady standing in the parking spot holding the spot for her friend because she's pregnant. She found a spot. Well, this teacher lady comes, and they're at Walmart or something. The teacher lady comes and is like, you can't hold a spot, move. She's like, I'm standing here waiting for my friend. She's pregnant. She's really nice. The young girl's trying to be very cordial to this lady. Move. Okay, you don't want to move in my SUV. I'm going to put it in reverse. Boom, hits the girl. It's on. Rod's laughing. She hit the little girl. She has no margin in her life. What would cause you to hit a teenager for trying to save a spot for a pregnant friend? That you want to hit her. And, of course, she lost her job and her marriage is in shambles. It's all kind of stuff going on in her life to show that she didn't have margin. But that's what happens with us. She was that person, that walking time bomb, walking. Tick, 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 tick. Your wife says something to you. Tick, 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 tick. Did you take the trash out? Man, woman, I've been, listen, i got other things I'm trying to do around here. You all up in, you know what I mean? Tick, 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 tick. Did you, hey, did you get that report? Yeah, I got the report, man. I mean, you, obviously I got the report. I mean, I, I checked. I got it. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Did you do your homework today? Yes, I did my homework today. Why are you sweating me? You see me sitting here with books in front of me. I'm not doing it for decoration. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. No margin. And this is us. Tick, 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 tick. Just waiting. Then we're going to snap and snap somebody's head off in the process. We need margin in our lives. We are a society stretched to our limits. Watch this. We are chronically rushed, chronically late, chronically exhausted, and ultimately disconnected. Ultimately, we're disconnected because we're so chronically late, exhausted, tired, overworked, chronically. Chronic means it's a problem. It's chronic. Not that other chronic. Y'all got, I saw a couple eyebrows go. <laughs> From this book, I want to read this quote. You all don't have it. Just listen to me. It's, this book has been really good. I highly recommend it. If you can, put your hands on it. Get this book. Find time to read it. It's really good. Margin. And, and this is what Dr. Swenson says. This is just an excerpt from the book. He says, margin, on the other hand, is having breath left at the top of the staircase, money left at the end of the month, and sanity left at the end of adolescence. Marginless is the baby crying and the phone ringing at the same time. Margin is grandma taking the baby for the afternoon. Marginless is being asked to carry a load five pounds heavier than you can lift. Margin is a friend carrying half the burden. 
Marginless is not having time to finish the book you are reading on stress. Margin is having the time to read it twice. Marginless is fatigue. Margin is energy. Marginless is red ink. Margin is black ink. Marginless is hurry. Margin is calm. Marginless is anxiety. Margin is security. Marginless is culture. Margin is counterculture. Marginless is reality. Margin is remedy. Marginless is the disease of our time, and margin is its cure. Can y'all remember when energy drinks first became popular? Isn't that interesting? That when energy drinks became very popular, it was at a time when our culture told us that progress was so great and we had to be successful. There was a time where when we worked on farms, they didn't drink no energy drink. They didn't have any ginseng and nothing like that. They had margin. They had a schedule. They kept to it, and, and then it was over. But we are stretching ourselves, and now energy drinks are popping up all over the place. Crunk and get drunk and all. I don't know the names of all this stuff. Huh? Red Bull. And in Haiti, they have something called Toro, which is like Red Bull. It's just called Toro, which is bull. There was a time when we didn't need energy drinks. Why do we need energy drinks now? Because we're not sleeping enough. We got to get it done. And what forces us to do that is our culture tells us that to be successful, you've got to have progress. And the thing with progress is that, is that convenience, too much convenience has hindered our quality time. And progress tells us that we need to make things so they happen fast. We need to make things so they happen quick. We need to have things where, where, where we don't have to wait. Information is right at my fingertip. And, and the worst thing, but the best thing, but the worst thing that ever happened to us was the cell phone. Oh, no, 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 no. Because, see, the cell phone keeps us to the point where we have to remain connected. We have to remain connected. If we don't remain connected, I got to take it with my bed. And if it's not in the bed, it's next to the bed. And when I got to go tinkle, I got to take it with me to go tinkle. Me and my wife have gone on date nights, and, 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 and the cell phone has taken away quality time. We are at date night, and my wife and I are talking, and all I see is groups of people, not couples, but just friends together, and everybody's like this. Everybody's like this. Faces lit up from the screen of their cell phones. And it's like, what happened to real quality time where we have quality conversation where I'm pouring into you and you're pouring into me and I'm loving on you? But perhaps they're doing that socially. I don't know. Maybe they're in a group and they're texting each other because they don't know how to talk or something. That's weird. Truth is, it bothers me. It's, it's, a great, great, it's a great blessing from God to have modern technology, but not at the expense of killing quality relationships. Number one being the relationship with Christ. I mean, I love the fact that we have a Bible on our phone. I, I, I love that. That's, that's really good. But, you know, what happens in this case is we go to the Bible on our phone, and all of a sudden we see somebody just posted something on Facebook or we get a tweet, and it's like, oh, man, I'm reading the Bible. Oh, ooh, let me hurry up. You stop reading that Scripture, and you go right to that tweet that somebody sent you, or God forbid somebody sends you a text message that wasn't about nothing in the first place, and you're like, oh, I'm reading Psalms, and and, and Lord was my Oh, 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 Montequa just texted me. What did she say? 
and you stop reading to see what the text was about. There's no margin in our lives, and we need to fix that. So here, so here let's, let's talk about some things we can do, okay? I said we're going to talk about emotional margin because everything leads to that. Right? When our finances are jacked up, our emotional tank is what? Drained. You know, when, when we had a fight with our best friend or our boyfriend or our girlfriend or our husband or our wife, what happens? Our emotional tank is drained. Everything leads to the emotion. When we're pressed for time, uh, when we're running late, uh, uh, we, we, leave our, you know, we leave our person home and, and we, we get to the gas station and, and we're on E. We don't have enough gas to even make it back home where the emotional tank is, is drained. All of these things point to the emotional tank. So let's talk about how we can fill that up today. If you want to build emotional margin in your life, you have to keep your emotional tank full. Well, how do I do that? Let's say, number one, let's cultivate nurturing relationships. Nurturing relationships. What is a nurturing relationship? It's a relationship whereas we get together I'm not the only one giving. Sometimes I'm the recipient of some wisdom. Sometimes I'm the recipient of some prayer. Sometimes I receive something. We get together, I'm not always the one paying for lunch. I don't have to pick you up to take you either because you got your own whip. It's nurturing. We give and take to each other. You give, I give. You take, I take. We're both giving and getting something out of the relationship. Nurturate, nurture. Nurturing relationships, cultivate. What does that mean? That means be intentional about reaching those people. Be intentional about staying with them. When you cultivate something, it's like if you're a gardener, you know what to cultivate is to, 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 to prune it and, 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 and guard it and fertilize it and, and do all of those things to make sure that it's healthy. So do all of those things to make sure that you have those healthy relationships. Now, if you find yourself in a relationship that's not nurturing, then you need to prune it, cut it. Don't let it grow back, but cut it. Dismiss. Forget about it. Pull it out by the roots, whatever you got to do. The other thing we need to do, and this is a big one, this is hard for a lot of us because some of you are habitual in this area, and I'll talk to you about it in a minute. Learn to say no. Some of you are habitual yesers. You're addicted to yes. If I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. I'm a habitual yeser. And it gets me in trouble all the time, all the time. And it gets me in trouble with the first lady who hates to be called that. It gets me in trouble with the kids because they want some of my time, but I've said yes to something. And here's the thing. Half the time when we say yes to those things, we regret it. It's like, oh, man, I forgot I said I was going to help such and such move. Then you're sitting here thinking, well, well, baby, how you feel? I feel okay. You're not sick? How the kids feel? They, they're not, oh, he got a temperature. What do you mean? 97.9. He got, he got a low-grade fever. I don't have to go now. <laughs> I, I don't do that for the record. If it's 99, I, I will call off. But you know, 97, <laughs> I thought about it. I ain't going to lie. I mean. But I'm a habitual yes, sir. We say yes to stuff that we really don't want to, but it feel like we, I want to be the hero. I want to be the saved, the one who saved the date. I want to be that special person. So, yes, I'll do it. Yes, yes. Dang, why did I say yes? Stop saying yes and say no without apology. No. There was a time where I would stop what I was doing. For a perfect example, this morning, worship team was getting ready. 
I was getting some stuff together. I would have stopped, literally, last year, no joke, I would have stopped. And had Jared, came, he came back there, I'm preparing the sacraments. He says, hey, and, and he only asked me because he knew, normally I would say, okay, man, let me put this on hold, I'll be right there. That's the only reason he would ask me. But he asked. The worship team was like, hey, man, we, we doing this song real quick, can you throw the percussion on? No. That's it. Dismissed. There was a time where I would stop doing what I was doing and say, yeah, man, I just put that on hold and get there, and that would never get done. Learn to say no without apologizing. And then if, you know, it, it don't be mean about it. No. Uh-uh. Just no. Sorry. Keep on going. Do the next thing. You have to say no. Here's the other thing that can help you emotionally. Oh, my God, I promise you. Serve others. Serve others. Now, I've never volunteered somewhere and saw, like, the person serving grumpy. I see people that's the recipient of the service grumpy, but not somebody serving, especially if you volunteer. What person volunteers to go somewhere and be grumpy? Huh? We're going to go feed the homeless. Can I get some more mashed potatoes? No. Well, why you volunteer? Take your grunts yourself somewhere else. Don't nobody want your mess around here. Really. When you're serving somebody, it makes you feel good. You could be depressed. You could have a horrible day. You, listen, you could have debt up past your eyeballs, but you go serve somebody and see, wow, I got debt, but they, they don't even have an opportunity to get debt. Oh, oh man, I, I, the bills are due. They don't even have any bills because they don't have a house. And you start serving them, and you see, wow. And I dare you to serve some kids. Oh, it'll mess you up. Walk in there, get your lip all poked out, and you start serving them kids. Them kids will say something to you so funny. It'll jam you up, and your day is ruined. You're like happy. You're like, dang, I ain't want to be happy. I like being mad and sad and depressed. But this actually feels good. Serve somebody. You could fill your tank up really quick serving other people. I guarantee. That's, that's a guarantee. Here's the other thing. Take life slow. Now, slow is an acronym for something, and we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about this acronym. Take life slow, S-L-O-W. Our quality of time has been compromised by too much convenience. So what we have to do is take life slow. And, and the first thing we need to do, the S in slow, is surrender the desire for wanting more. S is surrender. Surrender your desire for wanting more. See, wanting more gets us in trouble financially, emotionally. It takes our time and really drains our emotional tank. We must learn to live in contentment. Let's, let's, let's see what the Scripture says. Philippians here. I love what Paul is saying here. Philippians 4, 11 through 12, he says this. Not that I was ever in need, and he's thanking them because they've always, you know, reached out and looked out for him. He's thanking the, the, the church of Philippi. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in Every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. 
I'm guilty of wanting more. I live in America. Can't help it. I had a five-bedroom house, but I would still love a basement. I have one vehicle, but I'd love to have another. I got five pair of jeans, but six would be better. I can't help it. I live in a, in a consumer environment. So do you. You can't help it. My, 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 my refrigerator is, is full. The freezer's full of meat. The pantry's got some stuff in it. But, man, it don't have what I would love to eat today. I don't have any fish. I would love some fish. We always want more. And more gets us in trouble. Because a lot of time wanting more is trying to be who we're not. What, what would a basement do me in my house? I have five bedrooms, four baths. I don't own it. I rent it. I'll be on, you know. And a basement, what would that do? Make my bills go higher. That's more electricity. I got to heat that place with. Now I have to furnish it. Probably would have to build it out. It would cause more stress than anything. And most of all, why do I want a basement? So I could have a man cave. Oh, so you want time away from everybody. <laughs> it hurts more than it helps. Surrender that desire. I'm happy where I am. No, I don't have the best whip in the world, but baby, it gets me from A to B, and I could probably make it to Z if I try. I don't have all the fancy clothes. I don't have red bottom shoes, but these Payless joints, I look hot in. Y'all better watch out. Huh? I don't have a, 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 a dooney. I got a, a do, but it works. Huh? Stop wanting more. Surrender that desire for more and be content with where you are. Look at the blessings and see how I can in, 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 increase somebody else's life with just where I'm at. Amen? Okay. The L is, first is we have to surrender. The second thing we must do is learn to wait on God. Learn to wait on God. Man, that's a hard one. Let's, let's, let's give you all a real example here. Anybody had to go to the doctor within the past year, right? And, and when you go there, when you walk in, you sign in, you go see your doctor right away, right? No, you sit in the waiting room. Your appointment's at 10 o'clock. You're behind sitting in a waiting room watching kids run amok. Listen to this woman tell her business to a stranger. You're watching CNN, and that's filling your head up with depressing news, and you're sitting there like 30 minutes later, you told me, and then you want to ask the doctor, Doc, if you tell me to be here at 10, why am I seeing you at 1030? We can't wait. We're impatient people. We can't wait on the doctor. We can't wait in line. We stand in line. Listen, they made it even convenient for you where you could do self-checkout. But when, when it's two people in self-checkout, you're depressed. Like, oh, God. Like you've never been here before. We can't wait when we go to the restaurant because there's somebody there that decided, I don't want to get the number two today. I've been getting the number two all year. I'm going to get jiggy and do something else. And they're standing there looking. And you're standing there looking like, like you've never been here before. It's McDonald's. Y'all laughing too hard. Am I talking to some people in here or something? We can't wait on just the day-to-day -day stuff, and it becomes increasingly difficult to wait on God. 
God, I've been praying. You said you would answer my prayers. It hasn't happened. It's been two years. You know, I've been faithful. I've been asking you to bless me, God. I've, I've done everything. I've prayed. I've fasted. And God is like, keep on waiting. The reason why I have not answered you yet, you don't have the capacity yet. If I blessed you with everything you wanted right now, you'd ruin it. You'd mess it up. You're not ready yet. And that's why I'm giving you baby portions of what I'm getting ready to do for you. Be patient. It says this here. I, I love what the, what, the, what the psalmist says here in, in Psalms 27, 14. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait, in, wait patiently for the Lord. This is actually David's who, David who wrote this psalm. David, out of anybody, knew what it meant to be patient. Remember, he was ordained king at 16. He didn't actually take the throne until he was 30 years old. Oh, baby, that's patience. I am the king. You've ordained me, but I can't sit in the seat till What? Can you imagine every day getting up, there's that beautiful throne, and you are the king, but it don't belong to you yet, baby. I know I've ordained you king, but it's not your seat yet. Why? You're not ready, David. He understood what it meant to be patient. So when he says, be patient, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous, that means when it seems like the clock is running out, when you got your little sand hourglass and it seems like it's just at that little last grain and you want to go ahead and kind of take over and not let God finish what he started, be patient, be courageous, be brave, meaning believe that God will answer your prayers according to his time, according to his riches and glory, according to his energy, according to his resources, not your own. We have limits, and our limits hold us to a certain point, but God doesn't have any limits. There's nothing He can't do. Moving on. Number three, the O. So, we got surrender, learn. Here's the one I love, and this is the hardest one for any of us. Had this conversation with somebody this morning. Three is obey the fourth commandment. Obey the fourth commandment. Well, what, what is the fourth commandment? Can you refresh my memory, Broderick? Certainly. Thank you. I'm glad you asked. The fourth commandment is rest on the Sabbath day. Rest on the Sabbath day. Now, let's talk about this. It's Old Testament theology here. This is Old Testament Scripture here. This is Old Testament where it was law to rest. In other words, you had to, if you were part of the, 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 under the covenant of the law back then in Exodus, it was a requirement. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says, don't even cook on the Sabbath. On the day before the Sabbath, cook a double portion. Take a double portion of the stuff from your garden, cook it double, so this way come on the Sabbath, you can't even cook. You can't harvest your crops. You can't do any of the above. Just rest. Give your time to God rest. And because it was law, anytime there's a law, we think that we're like in bondage, right? Oh, the law, you know, the, you know, like 55 miles per hour is the speed limit, you know. That's the suggested speed limit. Now, you can decide to go over it and pay the consequences. And, and the suggestion or law was to take a Sabbath. Now, you could decide to not follow that and eat on the Sabbath and cook on the Sabbath. But the penalty is what you'd have to be prepared to pay. 
you'd have to be prepared for the consequences to come. That wasn't like God was going to come down and just, I'm going to burn up all y'all people. No, 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 it wasn't that. But what happened is you would burn up on your own because you would burn out. Everybody else chilling, drinking lemonade and feet kicked up, you know, relaxing, watching the kids playing, and you're working your crop. You're working your, you're tilling your fields. Here's what Exodus says. And I love this. It says, Exodus 16, 23, he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. It's a commandment. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. Because it was law, the people of that time felt, man, we're in bondage. But the truth of the matter was, it was a gift. It was a day where you could sit and walk around in your drawers all day and just chill. You can be in your, in your pajamas with the feet in all day and chill. You can play wee with your kids all day and not feel guilty about it. You can watch the entire season of scandal just to get caught up and not feel guilty about it because it was a day of rest. But in there, you must give God his time. There must be prayer. There must be fellowship. Imagine if you watched the entire season of Scandal and you invited your church friends over, right? That's fellowship. Or invited your unsaved folks over, right? And then you strategically can figure out a way to talk about what Olivia was doing and find a way to tell her story biblically and, huh? What? We could do that. Y'all are, y'all are Christians. Y'all are smart enough. Don't, don't let me do it. I'm going to preach scandal one day. I think I am. I'm going to do a series called Scandal, and I'm going to show you all how y'all can bring that little TV show to the Bible. I'm going to show you all how that works together. Take a break. And here's the thing. Because it's not law anymore, you decide. It doesn't have to be a day. It could be an hour. Take a Sabbath. It could be 20 minutes. You need to rest. We run our bodies into the ground. We run. There's no way in the world our emotional tank will be filled if we're constantly running. Final thing, number four, the W. So we got surrender, S, learn, L, obey, uh, O, and welcome is the W. Welcome God into each day. Mark 1 uh, and 35 says this, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up went out to an isolated place to pray. Before daybreak, before the day started, before he got to, you know, to, 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 to continue what he was doing, because he was in the land, he was, he was healing folk, he was blessing people, he had just fed some people. I mean, he was doing some amazing stuff, worn out, worn out. He got up early, and the first thing he did, he started his day in prayer. Now, However you start your day, let me tell you how I start my day every day. I, I try to get up at 6. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Depends on what time the, the last kid goes to bed or the last kid gets out of my bed, either one. And, and what I do now, I have a 40,000 push-up goal. I want to do 40,000 push-ups for the year, okay? So far, I'm on track to do that. That's just under 150 push-ups. I was inspired by, if you all remember, Richard Coleman, uh, Janice and, and Carol Ann's brother, they used to attend Courageous with us, but he did 80,000 last year and nailed it. And so I want to do 40 because I'm not as ambitious one or not as in shape. And I'm on my track to do that. 
But that requires me to get up a little bit earlier um, uh, and, and go into my closet, knock out my push-ups for the day. I break them up. Sometimes I'll, I'll do as many as I can, and then I'll save the, left, the rest for later. The other thing I do after I do that, I pray. But every, I'm not even joking, every single one of y'all by name, I don't say your, your, your situation or whatever. I just say your name. That's good enough for me, and then we keep it going from there. That alone takes me 30 minutes. Then after that, I get dressed. I go downstairs, and I grab this, something we supply for every single one of y'all, daily devotion. Read that. Look at the Scripture in there, and I take that Scripture, see what that's talking about. Then I read a, another daily devotional by, uh, 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 um, why am I drawing a blank, McDonald. Joe Mc, not Joe Mc, that's you. That's you. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. But I read another devotional. Um, and there's at least three devotionals, and I'm reading Jesus Calling. So there's about three devotionals I read. Take the Scripture from there. Then I pray, God, what would you say to me today with these Scriptures? Then, after all of that, I start my day. The whole day started with me and God, and then here comes Junior. In that order, all the time. Now, you could do the same. Maybe you don't start with prayer. Too many of us wake up like this. We get out of bed. First thing we do is grab this thing. Some of y'all may be more modern than mine. It's called a cell phone. First thing we do. Matter of fact, we don't even wipe the, the sleep boogers from our eyes. We just reach over. Because with both eyes, you can't see that well. You don't have your focus. And we're trying to focus, and we're looking. Oh, my God, it's 730. I got to be there by quarter after eight. So you get up, jump in the shower real quick, and you realize that what you wanted to wear, you forgot to iron last night, so you got to find something else. That takes you 15 minutes. Next thing you know, you're running through traffic. And every time you do that, you catch every light. You know that, right? You catch every light because you're rushing. And yet, you've still yet to give God his time. And had you just planned a little bit better and started with God, there would have been so much grace, so much margin, so much room for you that you wouldn't have to be rushing and cussing folk out on the way, going to where you're going. But if you just intentionally start with God, it automatically sets you up. And I'm not being overly religious. It's like I paused to make sure that I at least prayed. And in that pause and prayer and meditation, I was able to think. You feel good about it. You feel refreshed. You get there early, which being early means you're on time. On time means you're late. And late is unacceptable. Some of the Morehouse brothers will get that. (laughs) Give your first hour. Give your first minute to God. Don't even grab this thing. You know what I do? My wife has told the story. My phone stays downstairs. Lately, I've slept with it near me because I've had some dear friends that have been going through some emotional things. Uh, there's been death in their family, and, you know, so I've kept it near me just because people have a need in case they wanted to pray. But most of the times, I'm upstairs where, where our bed is. My phone is downstairs. And last time I said this, I was like, can I get an amen? Nobody said amen because I was like, if you have an emergency, you have it in the morning, so don't call me in the middle of the night. Y'all were like, what kind of pastor is you? <laughs> They're like, okay. That's margin. <laughs> I got margin in my life. I'm not a walking time mom. 
I keep mine downstairs so that the first thing I do is give God his time. First thing I do is give God his time. And that's what I encourage and urge you all to do. So keep your emotional tanks full. Take life slow. Main thing, take life slow. Surrender, learn, obey, and welcome God into each day. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, we thank you for this time we've had together. God, I'm desperate for us to live a life where we honor you with it. And the only way we can really honor you with it is to really make and devote time to you. Devote serious time in prayer and devotion. Uh, God, we just thank you for just choosing us, Father God, to walk in this life with you. Continue to bless us and guide us and keep us. God, today as we are preparing right now in this moment to partake in, 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 in the communion to represent your son who died on the cross for us, he was a great example of margin, taking time away from everything just so that he could speak with you, taking time away from everything just so he could spend time with you, not healing the world but taking care of the few so that they know that he was truly sent on our behalf. He was a great example and model of what it means to live a life with margin. God, let us represent him as much as we can here in this consumer world that we live in. God, we honor you, we love you, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, if you don't mind, I want Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.